You're listening to the Expressing Motherhood podcast. Thanks for tuning in. My name is Lindsay Cavett, and I am the producer and director of the show. You're going to listen to Rosa Kwan Easton, and she's a writer, attorney, and community volunteer. She is a mother of two young adults and lives in Palos Verdes with her husband of 26 years and a golden doodle. She loves writing as an expressive art, as well as a form of therapy. Her volunteer activities include the California Listens Project at the Palos Verdes Library District Local History Center, where she helps community members capture their stories. She is working on a book based on her grandmother's life and enjoys writing about motherhood, family, and immigration. You can find her on uh, her website, which is rosaquaneaston.com. And it was a joy to have Rosa in Expressing Motherhood. So without further ado, here is Rosa in Expressing Motherhood. Oma. Mom. You huffed and you clenched your fists, stomping your feet as you marched out our kitchen door. You made a beeline across the driveway past our aqua blue vega that dad had purchased last year when we first arrived in America. You walked right up to our neighbor's door and banged on the metal screen door. A dog barked loudly. The inside door creaked open and a young woman with blonde hair appeared. I wondered why You were standing there at a stranger's house with your arms up as if you're ready to fight when just a minute ago you were fixing us lunch on just another Saturday. I watched you with one small eye, the other eye hidden behind the white ruffled curtain. The kids in my second grade class call me squinty eyes but I haven't told you that yet because I don't want to make you sad. You're wearing your blue apron, your favorite one that you can put over your head easily after coming home from working all day assembling computer parts and your hair is in the Velcro rollers that make you look beautiful when you take them out like in those black and white photos of you smiling in your mini skirt. I breathed deeply as I waited for something to happen, taking in a big whiff of the bean paste soup simmering on the stove. The side door is ajar so I could hear everything. The clock is ticking above the sink in our green and yellow kitchen, the colors reminding me of jelly beans that come tumbling out of one-cent candy machines that you say we cannot afford. You begin wagging your index finger at the neighbor's face, and with your left hand on your hip, you start yelling at her in Korean. (laughs) Kijibe! I'd never heard you swear like that before. I could feel the spit spewing out of your mouth. Stop! Your dog shits and poops in our ivy every day! I saw you! I started to sweat. 
the neighbor stood at her door, crossing her arms. She had no idea what language you were speaking. <laughs> My English wasn't very good yet, but your English was worse. You spoke Korean to anyone and everyone and used body language when words failed. You tried to study English, but you were too tired. You had to sew those clothes at night to make extra money. You had to give us those scalding hot baths, scrubbing our bodies with that red sandpaper sponge that you were so happy to find at the Korean grocery store. <laughs> the dog barked excitedly. You were afraid of dogs, but that wasn't stopping you. You yelled louder. Commando! Stop your dog from pooping here. Apologize. <laughs> you and dad had saved up all your money in Korea to buy this small apartment building in Hawthorne with brick walls and an ivy yard. You smuggled cash between seaweed layers and inside the back cover of photo albums. You were proud of your new home. You pointed your finger at the dog and you waited for a response from her. But when there was none, you decided to act it out for her. <laughs> you pointed to the ivy yard. You pointed to the dog. You pinched your nose. And then you squatted, <laughs> pretending to go to the bathroom. I crouched further behind the curtain, my face turning red. I hope the woman didn't see me, how embarrassed I was of you. I wanted to shake you, like when you mispronounced English words like aluminum hoil and napkin. I wish I wasn't ashamed but I just wanted my family to be normal. Speak in English, she demanded in a high-pitched voice. I gathered the nerve to peek around the window again to see if you understood what she said and how you would react. English? <laughs> Amazed at the request to speak in English. English? Na English motanda! I don't speak English. The dog seemed to pick up on the excitement and was now scratching wildly at the screen. You stared at the woman, and I could feel the wheels turning in your head. <coughs> you look at me that way sometimes when I can't get that math problem right, like something is wrong with me. <laughs> You couldn't believe that she was not understanding your command performance. So then you uttered the only angry English words you knew from watching TV shows, like Bonanza. I go kill you! I am kill you! My eyes grew wide and my mouth dropped open. I could imagine the veins sticking out of your neck. You threw your arms up in the air and then you lunged forward. The woman leaned back, scared of what this woman in rollers and an apron was going to do next. And she slammed the door shut.
you came home and you cried. And I cried too, frightened by this bold side of you I'd never seen before. But I also felt a warmth covering me like a blanket. Amma, that was the first time I really saw you and heard your voice. The next week, the neighbor moved out and took her dog with her. <laughs> you asked what the for rent sign meant. When I told you, you said excitedly, 보라, 결국은 우리가 무서워서 도망갔구나. See, I told you. They were scared of us, so they ran away. <laughs> she pointed to the empty apartment and smiled, taking full credit for the move. In my eight-year-old mind, you were amazing. And Amma, you still are. Yeah.